I would never, never fall for being in a cult. Wait, would I? What if we're closer to being in a cult than we think? Cult is really a pejorative term, but what about the groups we belong to that are socially acceptable? You think about the Free Britney movement or your church or Lady Gaga fans. Are you an Orange Theory devotee? What about the self-help groups you belong to online or even your kind of weird family? As we kick off the series on belonging, as Brene Brown's research shows, we are hardwired for connection. We long to belong and feel connected. But the truth is, we are lonely as hell. What if there was a place where you could lay down all your armor and be fully accepted for who you are? What if there was a place dedicated to always optimizing yourself, learning more, getting better, being part of a movement, a force for good, changing the world with people who just get you? It is so alluring, but nobody says, I'm going to join a cult. Nobody knowingly joins a cult. And when you consider the psychology behind cults and their leaders, it's way deeper and closer to our hearts than you think. Today's chat is with the hilarious and really insightful co-host of the Runaway Hit podcast that launched, I think like a month and a half ago from iHeart called Was I in a Cult? I interviewed documentarian Tyler Meesom and stand-up comedian and actress Liz Iacuzzi. First, I want you to go to their podcast and follow or, or subscribe to it right away. It is so compelling. They talk to former members of cults about their experience and pepper it with really funny and sarcastic insight. I discovered this podcast and can't wait for every episode. It's gripping and you're going to learn so much about the storytelling, about their different experiences. Second, I want to thank you so much for your heartfelt feedback on my last episode. Uh, It was a solo cast called Where Do I Belong? I got your messages. I saw you sharing it on your socials and tagging your friends that they needed to hear it. And uh, as someone who is struggling to face my own truth that I've been hiding and be more honest and raw about my own experience with you, when you tell me things like, it's like you were saying the words in my brain and you're sending me messages and you're in tears, uh, I am completely humbled and thankful for your support and grateful for it. And it, it kind of the moment I hear that or see that, it is like the biggest gratifying experience as a podcaster and somebody that is really sharing my heart. So if you have not heard that episode, please put it in your queue to listen to next, Where Do I Belong? Um, I released it last week. But we have a lot of exciting topics to cover in this belonging mini-series, including social identities, highly sensitive people. Hi, it's me. And I have an actual friendship coach coming on. Yes, that's a thing, a friendship coach. And I'm also doing something I've never done before. I'm having a guest co-host 
come on uh, with me and we are going to be talking about where the actual need for belonging starts to go haywire when we are children. So if you have questions or struggles in any of those areas, I really want to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM on IG or email me at allison at allisonandhair.com and I'll be sure to cover them. And also, if you haven't signed up for my personal emails, make sure you go to allisonhair.com. Send me your email, get on the list. It is way personal, but they're usually short to the point and always going to be thought-provoking and hopefully insightful. Here is my chat with Liz Iacuzzi and Tyler Meesom, co-hosts of Was I in a Cult podcast. Why are people so fascinated by cults? You know, I, I think... I, th- I think there's a number of reasons why. I'm oh, sorry, Liz. I, I think there's a number of reasons why people are fascinated. And, and it, a part of it is, is the titillation factor of something that they think is so far away from them that couldn't happen to this, this to them as an individual. Um, but yet I think cults are closer than they think they are. Um, I think there's something that the allure of I would never be a part of that, but yet it could happen to basically anyone, I think. But I think what is interesting about that is I'd be curious to get your take on socially acceptable cults. And that might look like church. It might look like, um, you know, Tony Robbins events or astrology or CrossFit. You know, I think that's where I think that's where there's such a pejorative to the word cult. And so I wonder where it goes bad. And I'm curious to you both, I saw in some of your comments, not some of the some of the comments or the reviews on Apple Podcasts, that you both were in cults before. Is that true, or is that just? Yes, and you will hear our stories eventually. Oh my goodness! <laughs> when we get around to it, when we're not busy producing everybody else's, we promise though we will tell our stories soon. Wow! Um, yes, and. Um, I think to answer your first question, um, you know, I think the difference between a cult and just a, you know, successful, um, inspiring woman's group, per se, is the leader. The end. Um, So once you put a narcissistic, sociopathic leader who creates this dogma and this philosophy and rules to live by, um, that's where it goes from a helpful group to a demonstrative dangerous group um at its very basic most broken down level that's why yes you can see cultic things in things like crossfit or um all of the things you mentioned and i think it's about how much of yourself are you losing to that group Mm. how much of your truth are you giving up how much of your opinions are being squashed um is there any uh are you feeling shamed are you feeling bad about yourself are you feeling like oh i'm not living my life the right way and this person i.e group church whatever it is is telling me how to live my life in order for me to be a better human but do you feel like Do you feel like it is, you know, kind of exploiting vulnerabilities? Do you think most people come broken or they come uh, 
not in that case. So it, it, it kind of runs the no, spectrum, doesn't it? Not broken. Yeah, I don't think it's a broken thing. I think it's um, an idealistic thing. I think it's, you know, why, I think it's the reason people go to church. And it, most churches yeah, aren't studies, cults, right? In our studies, there's one of the common denominators of people who join cults is they're not googly-eyed, they're not crazy, they're not broken. In fact, many of them are type A personalities. They're Super smart, smart, they're go-getters, yeah. they're, they're active, um, and that's, frankly, what a cult wants. They yeah, don't cults want attract things. People. That, correct. Yeah. They, they want active people who are going to work and bring money to the cult and, and do the, 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 the leader's bidding, which one other common denominator I've found is that cult leaders are often outside lazy. of narcissistic and char- <laughs> charismatic. They're lazy. <laughs> yeah. you know, they want They're really, to- really lazy. Can we say the F word on this? Yes. Show? They're really effing lazy. <laughs> <laughs> So people who join cults, you know, well, first off, nobody joins a cult. And we say that continually in our podcast. Nobody willingly signs up to join some strange organization where eventually they're going to have to have sex with the leader or whatever, maybe. They they join a movement. They join a group or religion or a political group or an entity where they're going to be a better person or they're going to lose weight or they're going to fulfill their dreams in an acting class or whatever it may be. Which was mine. I was I was in an acting class in Los Angeles that turned into a self help mm. cult. And, so. and that's part of the, the crime in this is is in cult leaders, is that they're taking advantage of individuals who really just want to do something better, to be better people or to make the world a better place, and eventually their lives are wrapped up in a narcissist's dream or vision or craziness. Now also to what you said, Allison, like Yes, I think the, I think the, um, what's the word? The stereotype of people that quote unquote get involved in cults are very, these lost, lemming, vulnerable, weak humans, um, which is not the case at all. But I do think there are times of transition Mm -hmm. in one's life where you are more vulnerable. You're a little more susceptible to falling prey to somebody going, Oh, you're just going through a divorce? Oh, you just moved across the country and don't have any friends? Oh, you just lost your job and you're feeling depressed? Oh, I can help you. I can I can make your life better, right? Like I feel like Nexium is a great example of of that broken down where it's some of the cults we talk about obviously are very religious based, but Nexium was very much like, "Hey, you're living a great life. I can just make it a little bit better." And there's a lot of groups like that, and there's a lot of people that are involved in things like that. Fortunately, they're just not run by a narcissistic sociopath, so they're not damaging themselves. I thought the Nexium thing was really interesting. I was listening to um, that podcast. You guys have a two-part podcast on that, and I started to find myself, as you start to unfold this whole curriculum around self-help, and so self-help mm-hmm. is really, really big of people of how do you how do you maximize, how do you optimize your body, your mind, your soul? How do you up-level everything? So it doesn't mean that you're broken. But I was th- I was finding myself going, wow, a utopian universe where you could continuously improve yourself. It sounds amazing. Why right. can't these ever be true? Why can't these right. ever be like a utopian? Why, why, I'm curious about, I've been learning about the, the, um, Hi, what is it like a hyper 
charis, charismania. So like, mm-hmm. I'm wondering about charisma versus force in leadership and, and how that, how that plays into it. You know, like the charisma lures people in, but I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways there is an element of force and the brain, I, I'm really curious about that concept. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on it. Um, well, it, it, I mean, and first and foremost, Liz and I aren't, you know, we know a lot about cults because we talk to people. By and large, we're storytellers. So we, we're not, you know, we're not clinical psychologists as far as what yeah. people should listen to in cults. We're not cult experts. Um, the, the information we know is because we were part of cults in some aspects and because we've talked to a number of people. So and we've studied far be it from us, a yeah, lot. Far be it from us to be <laughs> the experts in this. Um, but I, I do think there is something interesting, and I, I think it just comes down to the leader. I think, by and large, people can glom on to someone who has charisma and confidence and has this, this uh, steadfast nature of saying, I know what's right for you. We lost. We're humans. We don't know what we want. We're, we just want someone to tell us, this is how you should live. This is what you should buy. This is the job you should take. And when someone who confidently says that, and I'm the only person who knows that, and I have the keys to the kingdom, it's easy for us to glom onto that human being. And, and regardless of that's a, if that's a, you know, a, 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 dime store, a dime store profit or the leader of a country, we want mm-hmm. someone to tell us what to do. And I think what we're seeing now in cult and cultish behaviors, whereas 10 years ago or five years ago, you had to go to an entity to be in a cult. You had to, you know, dress up and go live in their commune or go to weekly meetings or whatever it may be. And now, and especially exacerbated through the pandemic, is we're seeing individuals join, quote unquote, cults online. And they never see the other members. They may never see the leader. And the leader may not even technically exist. It may be 10 people who they don't reveal who they are. And I think that's part of the modern day cult. Um, and that's like QAnon. Everything from, right, like QAnon. Like QAnon. Right, right. right. But it can but also I do be think, smaller yeah. groups. Like, right. like people who really like Korean music or... You know, or, uh, you know, uh, comic books, whatever it may be. I think, and, and I it, it, look, we, we shouldn't throw around the word cult too quickly. I think sometimes it's thrown around mm. too loosely, but also I think sometimes it's, it, we need to be a little more liberal about the use of the word cult. Um, people can say, oh, we're, it's cult, CrossFit is a cult, and there may be cultic tendencies, but I do think we need to be a little I, more It actually, about. I do know a, a girl who is a daughter of my mom's friend, a daughter of my mom's good friend who is this CrossFit person now. And she listened to our (laughs) show and called my mom and was like, I think CrossFit's a cult because my, my daughter doesn't talk to me anymore. Like she, so we're, I want to investigate that actually Tyler on a future episode because that is fascinating. I did but I do think CrossFit. I did you. It's cult. It It has cultish (laughs) tendencies. I'd like to Mm -hmm. think. I, I, I think the difference is, is there's no one weird, you know, charismatic leader. leader. Right. I also think one thing about cults is when you, when you leave a cult, you're not ostracized. Right. You, 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 a cult will ostracize you and say, you don't belong to us. And we don't want to, you can't have any other information. You know, we're the only ones. And I don't, I, I, I can't say that we're that <laughs> nobody. I had a similar, yeah. <laughs> but they did, they did judge your body. They oh, were like, they totally mm. did. I, I easily Tyler. gained five pounds in the first month. So, yes. Your biceps yeah. are disgusting. <laughs> right. I, right. 
I do think, Allison, though, I think it's interesting, the concept of force, right? Because I, I think the charisma is what lures them. And then the love bombing gets them to sort of stick around for X amount of time, right? Define love bombing. So love bombing is, have you ever been in a relationship with like uh, an abusive or a narcissist or an, yes. or an addict? Yes. Okay. So go back to the first, I would say three months is liberal. And I can say that because I've been in a couple of these kind of relationships. Uh, if you recall those first three months when it was like, Oh my God, Allison, you are everything. You're a queen. You like, was there any language that just felt really fast, really forward and really strong? Yeah. Or yeah. like going on trips really early or you're the love of my life saying, I love you really early saying how you're like this angel that fell into his universe. And was there any language like that? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all love bombing. Mm. So it's the way the narcissist, the charismatic narcissist sort of lures you in. It sweeps you off your feet, so to speak. And what happens after shortly after is when they, once they get you, that then the true colors start to reveal themselves, mm. right? Because that's all fake. So cults do the same thing. They sweep you off your feet in the beginning. Like for me, it was like all these actresses and directors and writers and were all like coming to me and like, oh my God, you'd be so great for this class. And let me tell you how massively my career is improved and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, and these people are beautiful and wonderful and fabulous. And you're like, well, this is a great place. And I, for me, I was new to LA. I didn't know anybody. So it was very alluring, but I didn't know any of this was going on. Right. I just was like, thought it was just an acting class and the work was really good. Mm -hmm. The acting was phenomenal. Um, so that's what sort of gets you. But then the force is, isn't, it's disguised. It's pure manipulation. Usually I will say it's a lot of like, well, you can leave, but you'll probably get cancer. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> or so it's like that sort of like, yeah, you can go back to your old life and never be, uh, People who leave fail. Yeah. People who leave fail. Husband. Yeah. You can, you can do that. You know, that's totally your call. I'm not here. I'm not here to, you know, make you live your life the, any certain way. But I will say if, if you, if you do stay, these things can happen. But I understand staying is challenging and will bring up a lot in you. And it's not for everyone. Allison, you're probably, I don't know if you're strong enough for this. Right? It's so, so it's, manipulative. Yeah. It's all it's all that manipulation. But I also think that the need to belong, the need to belong to a culture, to a community of people that accepts you, that loves you just mm -hmm. as you are, that you just fit in with and feel like you can I don't know, it's it's so alluring in a lot of ways. And it shows up in a lot of different, you know, groups and communities that are familiar to us, you know, whether right. it is um, you know, Orange Theory Fitness, you know, or right. multi-level marketing or something that right. just starts to make sense for a minute, you know, and then you yeah, have these, the love bombing. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think and I think cults mostly recruit, unfortunately, through friends and family. Yeah. So most people when we talk to, I know for me, it was my ex-boyfriend, the people that recruit you in is like your your husband your boyfriend, your wife, 
your sister, your best friend. So it's somebody that you really trust. So that's already working against you. Mm. And, um, and then the people in these environments are usually great. So the, the actual community itself is filled with fantastic people because they're all sort of good people wanting to better the world and better mm-hmm. themselves. So you, that is, you do form a community, but it's the leader that ruins everything. That is so wild to me. So I want to talk for a second about your podcast, Was I in a Cult? And what is unique about this podcast is that, uh, Tyler, you're a documentarian and have amazing films. Liz, you are a stand up comedian and hilarious. You're, you're my girl. You. Like I, I hear you, you and I'm like, I, could cut up with this woman <laughs> um, and have fun with it. But what I think is interesting about it is that you actually have people that have gotten out of these cults. So they are people that are, are telling it in first person. And then you kind of narrate it with a real, like, I really love when you tell each other to fuck off or, <laughs> or you have Liz, you have really choice words for some of these douchebag leaders, you know, and it, it really is. Humorous, but I know that there has been uh, some backlash over putting humor over some traumatic experiences. I'd love to get your thoughts on how you weave these stories together. I love it. I get it. But I I understand it. um, You know, like there there might be some pushback on it. Well, I'll just speak to the people we're interviewing because they are out, right? And they are healthy. I'm not Tyler and I don't ever interview somebody fresh out of a cult. That is not the perspective that we're telling on this show. We're that would showing, be interesting. Yeah. It's a little too raw until yeah. you've sort of done the healing and done the work. And, you know, usually like I have people in my group who can't even say they were in a cult, right? Like there's a lot yeah. that goes into the healing of getting out. So the people we're talking to, our show is not meant to be dark and dreary. Our show is meant to be hopeful and inspiring. So the people we're talking to are all um, very self-aware. And often they're the ones making the jokes in the room with me when I'm interviewing them. Um, They're laughing at it too, right? So I think, you know, trauma and humor blend really nicely together. It's It's a way to have it be palpable and have you learn without wanting to kill yourself <laughs> at the end of every episode. <laughs> Go ahead. Tyler. You know, Liz and I are, are very careful to make sure that we're not making light of a person's uh, yes. person on the show. Except because for the leader. People, <laughs> except right. for, and the leader, the leader, and sometimes the situation they're in and, and the, the people we talk to recognize now that the situation they were in was, was silly and ridiculous and and we're allowed to be a part of that in some ways. We're not making fun of them. These people are wonderful and amazing. And the people we have on our show and the people we interview, we have relationships with and we like. Uh, so we, we want to kind of have some levity with the darkness. Because the fact of the matter is, is many of these people's stories, they're dark. They're sad. They're full of abuse and heartbreak and torture and and sexual, physical, mental, financial abuse. And uh, who wants to listen to 45 minutes of people talking about, you know, their terrible life prior to leaving a cult? Um, 
So I think Liz and I just make it real and make it normal. And, and we like to think that we're the audience kind of having fun along with the individuals. And, and look, it's not for everybody. There are some people who might think that we're, you know, treading on sacred ground and we're, we're mocking people who shouldn't be mocked. But we, we, we don't think that we do. We think that we are. I actually think I actually think the use of humor is a commentary on culture, because a lot of times it is more about dismantling the patriarchy, you know, Mm -hmm. or poking fun at it. So, you know, from my perspective as a listener, it feels like, oh, I could see why this would be really attractive 10 years ago. You know, like it's a different world now. And I think I think what I'd be interested in to learn more about is, you know, certainly there's the brainwashing that it happens. People don't always know that that's happening and it takes a long time to deprogram. But I'd be curious to get your take on the shame of making poor decisions. And so this can happen in a lot of different ways in our lives that we, you know, it's really hard to admit you made a bad decision. And it's especially when you're so emphatic, you're so excited, you're so... Um, you know, you're telling all your friends, you're shouting it from the rooftops that you found this utopia, you found this incredible thing that's going to help people change their lives. And then, oh shit, I really fucked up. You know, like, what does that look like? How do you reverse out of a cult? Well, I can just speak from my experience. Um, and what helped me with the shame of all that or going, oh, how did I not see that was just doing the work, essentially, and really diving into what is the programming here, right? And so what I learned about myself was I'm empathic, and and I have people-pleasing tendencies. I'm a, I'm a recovering people-pleaser. and um, But the empathy part of it really is what struck home for me because I was able to, you know, see patterns in my life with primarily narcissism because mm. narcissism narcissists love empaths right or they just love the the people that are giving and not like them it's a perfect right it's a the narcissistic they suck they suck from the empathic type so for me it wasn't just getting out of the cult but it was also then seeing the pattern and seeing the patterns in my mm relationships and I was the I was in a relationship with an abusive addict who I, when I first met him I was 23 I was like oh you don't drink that's cool like I knew nothing about <laughs> alcoholism or addiction <laughs> like I, zero I was like okay well I'm gonna have a glass of wine you don't care okay great like I did I just didn't get it and then was it turned out to be he was an abusive emotionally verbally abusive person. Um, and it was an awful relationship and I wasn't aware of that patterning yet. And ironically, he's the one that introduced me to, (laughs) to the woman who was my acting coach that ended up being the cult leader that I was a part of. So for me, the shame, I had it, but I was more excited to recognize the pattern and like take my power back and realize my gifts that these people want because they don't have them and sort of restructure the way I live. And I'm very aware of like a love Mm -hmm. bomber or like a narcissist. Like I'm just super heightened awareness of those types of people. Like I went through a a narcissist cleanse 
after I did that, I was like, I had a writing partner who was a narcissist, got rid of him, had a best friend who was a narcissist, wow. broke up with her. Like it just was like a clearing. So, so it sounds like you have discernment and I'd be curious from somebody who is post cold, mm-hmm. you know, like there are probably things that you run from mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, yes. like I wonder what discernment looks like after you know, and, you know, are there, are there cautions that, you know, like a lot of times when people are addicted to something, they, unless they do the healing, they usually mm-hmm. find themselves addicted right. somewhere else. Right. And I wonder if that is they true. Cult, cult jumpers. Cult there's jumpers. A lot of, there's a, I have a friend who was in my cult who has not really figured it out. And she's just jumped from cult to cult to cult to cult. Does she know that? No. Does she know that she's in any cult? She she knew that our cult was a cult. Right. Yes, but she's not aware of the other cults that she has since joined. Or wow. not joined, but but got manipulated into. Yeah, it's it's really oh tricky. Yeah. I, I think people are just lonely too, like looking for a place to belong, looking for a place where they can feel like they matter. Yeah, and I think the outsider mentality, right? If they if you don't feel like you fit in with status quo, mainstream, whatever that is, mm. um, you're going to look for something else to say. I mean, look at all the conspiracy theories going on right now, just in the world with the vaccine or mm. et cetera. Like, it's, there's a lot of brainwashing happening. It's due to fear. Yeah, it's right? so a bananas. Lot of people going, I don't like this person and this way of thought, and so I'm going to listen to this. Even I'm not even going to do the research. I'm not even going to like figure out if this doctor's a real doctor. I'm just going to listen to it because it's what I need to feed my soul to tell me, okay, fuck you. I'm doing this, and this is going to save my life. And you guys are idiots. I think what I heard. Um, I heard and it I heard it over and over again in another podcast about um specifically about um conspiracy theories is it is far it is a far social death is far greater than actual death physical death mm-hmm. you know from a medical mm-hmm. perspective and so that kind of threw me on a tangent to you know explore cults explore you know the 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 need to belong and I just think it's so interesting. So when I was in my twenties, I was in Mary Kay Cosmetics, and I was a, mm. I was a top performer. I recruited like crazy. I was number two in the company uh, for many years. And while I don't think Mary Kay itself is a cult, there were definitely culty things. Like if you leave, you're gonna fail. You're gonna fucking fail. And people who leave here are losers. And that was specific mm-hmm. to my group, you know, and they looked at, mm-hmm. you know, I was in my 20s. They looked at young, professional, smart, educated people. So it was not the, the typical um, person you think of. And I was proud to kind of wave that flag of, yeah, this is the face of Mary Kay, you know, like somebody who's a young upstart and had done very well. But, you know, when I left, it was such an identity shift you know, of uh, all of this is not me, but it was, you know, and so it was, it was really hard to untangle. I'd be curious, 
Um, I'm sure you guys are going to cover multi-level marketing. <laughs> and yeah, people future. keep asking us to. to you what? We right. Keep getting message. We keep getting right. messages, requests for MLMs. Yeah. To be what do people show. ask you about? Because I'm sure you get tons of requests. What do you What do you get asked about a lot? Oh, you know the the crazy thing is is I I think people know the main large yeah. cults, and with the media today and with documentaries. There are so many more stories about cults. There are so many that come out. Um, so, you know, a lot of people want the big ones, the Scientologies, the Nexiums. But what we think is fascinating are the small ones, the 200-person the, the groups, uh, the cults, uh, the one-on-one -on -one cults. The, the family, family one. Cults. That was really powerful. Oh, my goodness. Right. Because, again, it doesn't, you don't have to dress up and you don't have to be a part of a large right. organization to see cultic behavior. And cultic behavior can be anywhere. It can be in a job. It can be in friendships. It can be in a relationship. So really what we hope to do with this podcast is not necessarily say, don't join Scientology. Yes, <laughs> don't join Scientology. But also yeah. just look, look for relationships in your life where there's, uh, there's bad cultic behaviors and either get out or change that because it can be anywhere. Yeah. Somebody once said to me... Um, it, it, throughout the research, and I think it was a cult expert, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember who said this to me, but very broken down in a very basic form of like what is cultic relationship. And they said the definition of that is you're seeking love from the person that's also mm. abusing you. So if you can use that as a barometer for your life and go, okay, this feels culty, test that out. Is this person abusing you in any way? And are you trying to seek love or approval from them at the same time? Hmm. I think we're all fucked. Yeah, we're all, we're all fucked. Just, Just join the cult now. Get it over with. Get it out of the way. I'm curious. At least you have this, fake friends this... for like what three or five years. Exactly. Yeah, you might have. Some... And I could just cold jump. When yeah. you leave, when you leave, they will hate you, and they won't be your friends. But they will be your best friends for five years. Yeah, and you might get some good sex out of it. You might have some really good yes, group with yeah. a leader, right? So with with, with somebody's age, you never thought you'd have sex with. <laughs> right. Right. So that's what a seventy-five-year-old penis looks like. Cool. Uh... Sorry, I went there. <laughs> oh, it's always welcome on this show. So how did you guys get this started? So Tyler, you, I mean, you're, you're a film guy. How, why a podcast and how did you two connect? Oh yeah. Yeah, I am a film guy and, but, but I'm a nonfiction filmmaker. I make documentaries by and large and I love telling nonfiction stories and by and large, the films I've made are complicated and they take years of my life. And they involve, you know, six figures to seven <laughs> figures to make and cameras and lights and equipment and people and networks and pitching and studios and all the bullshit that goes along with it. And I love doing it and I will always do it. Um, but Liz uh, and, and I were introduced through a mutual friend. And uh, they said, Tyler, Liz is doing, there's this woman who's doing a documentary uh, or a podcast, documentary podcast about people who leave cults. And I immediately signed on. And uh, that was uh, oddly enough, it's strange because uh, she, I was introduced to Liz the day before mm -hmm. I had our, our child. We have a baby named Gabriel, and he turns three in November. So it, it was two and a half years 
before we actually got the cult podcast on the air. You guys have really great chemistry, um, though. I don't know how you do it or if it is uh, not manufactured. That was but really like, lucky. <laughs> yeah. No, that yeah. was really lucky. I think when we were developing the show, um, we felt that because our sensibilities like just married together so uniquely. Um, and our just the way we looked at the world was similar. So I th- huh. and when Tyler spoke, I was like, oh, he's got a good voice for radio. He can do this. <laughs> but what what happens when we do this? And it, it's great because what, what people may think when they listen to the show is that somebody tells their story and then Liz and I get on and do Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> jokes around it. And that's You're that's dating not yourself. Liz, it, it's, <laughs> Liz, you know, by and large does most of the interviews and she intently researches and she'll do an interview with someone over the course of four to five hours and then i will you know edit it down uh on paper and you know i'll wow. get a 200 page transcript and i'll edit it down to 15 pages of really tight interesting unique storytelling and then we'll write the narrative uh and the the, the voiceover around, around it and we'll look for the archival we'll find the archival so it is as a filmmaker it's really mm. a joy to just tell one story and go i'm just telling this one person's story about and by and large they're wonderful three act structures of being in a cult second act of trying to get out of a cult and third act of getting out of one and so it's really a joy as a storyteller just to kind of tell a story without all the dangle of time and effort and cameras and money Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably a lot easier. But again, I don't know how you do 200 pages and whittle them down to 15. That sounds like a big thing. So something I saw, yeah, it's not small. I was doing I was no. doing some cult research. And uh, there's some guy from <laughs> Yale, his name is Dr. Lifton. He said, I think it might be stressed that the whole cult phenomenon is a social, psychological, spiritual and economic problem. And the answer may not be psychiatric at all. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what he's referring to specifically. <laughs> right. Like, is he uh, I, talking about the leader? I don't or the, know. I think it, I think it is the whole phenomenon. He said there is a great need for psychiatric humility. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think we as humans, we're social mm-hmm. creatures. We, we, like, we like people that like what we want and like what we like. And we like people to say, you're smart and you're, you believe what mm-hmm. I believe. And it doesn't matter if you're finding people who like the same baseball team or, you know, joining a cult where you have to get a brand. I I, I think that's part of human nature is to be social animals. So we're not going to change that, I don't think. I don't think that's going to go away. Yeah, I think if he's saying there is no psychotic, like you don't have to be a certain type of mental illness. I think that's what he's saying. I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I don't think you. I think it's anybody, uh, regardless. So, what is next state. for you both? What's next for Was I in a Cult? Uh, Thirteen <laughs> more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are churning them out. We have a twenty-episode first season, and uh, it's it's a lot of work. Are you guys flooded with stories? Though, are you guys flooded? We have <laughs> more people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's we're also great. selective about what stories we want to tell. We also don't want to tell the same yeah. story. We want to tell unique and different stories. And um, 
you know, uh, good stories happen to those who can tell them, by and large. So we like to tell, we like to interview individuals who are, who can tell their story well. Um, and it's hard always, finding, it's hard finding that, that person who is, ha- is out and has rebuilt their life enough to be able mm. to talk about it without reliving the trauma. Like we're not here to re-traumatize yeah. people, right? Like I'm right. going to tell my story and I'm, I'm not going to be re-traumatized in the telling of it, but I imagine you're probably very compassionate in how you interview because of your experience oh, yeah. and you're probably very purposeful and intentional. For sure. And that, what's been great experience for me is everybody, the, 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 the positive feedback after I sit with them has been overwhelming. Like they're, they're either like, wow, that went really fast or that was really easy to open up to you. Or I, I didn't know how healing that would be in the retelling. So it's all in you know, everything that's happening in this room is special and unique and healing and positive. And that's what we want you to leave. That's what we want you to leave feeling at the end of an episode, too, is those same feelings of hope and inspiration and not the doom and gloom. I love it. So, Tyler, are you working on any film documentaries or is this it for right now? No, I'm a, I've always got a number of projects that I'm, uh, you know, pushing the boulder up the figurative hill uh, many of them in the same, along the same lines of this, I've kind of, I'm fascinated and interested in belief and why people believe certain things. And it's part of my over, of your, of is that the right word? Of your, oh, mm-hmm. my, I'll be my looking catalog. that up. How's that? O U E V R E, I think. Um, I believe this it's is another patois. Um, but but I've got a number of projects that I'm trying to get off the ground. But right now, I'm actually really happy doing this podcast. It it it's fun and it's enjoyable and it's it's been really nice to see it gain an audience. Yeah. Um. You know, we have we're over a half million downloads in the first month, and we're incredibly proud of that. And we love our listeners, and we we love telling stories. And Liz and I are getting better at it. And um, you know, we still have a lot of episodes ready for many listeners in the future. I can't wait. And the most like inspiring thing is we get messages. You know, I listened to that last episode about the family cult mm-hmm. and I finally have words to put to my childhood. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And like, to me, that's the whole point of this show. Yeah, it's amazing. Right? Like we have fans in Finland and, you know, like it's just pretty cool. The outreach that, and we're hoping it's helping a lot of people as well as making them. Laugh. I think what's funny is that I, I posted about it on social media and had a number of people saying, I'm listening to that too. I'm telling all my friends. So that's a really great feeling um, coming from one podcaster to another when, you know, you start to see the momentum of people sharing the Netflix effect of people saying, you've got to hear this. Right. So um, bravo to you both. Um, how can people find you? Where can people find you? I mean, we're pretty much everywhere you can get your podcasts. I mean, we're so in the Hollywood studio every week. In, <laughs> if you want to stop. If you want to just knock on the door. Send lunch. Bring yes. lunch when you come. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, thank you both so much. It was a pleasure. Um, yeah. But you can follow our, we do have an Instagram. So it's was I in a cult at was I in a cult. And I'm at the Iacuzzi. 
and Tyler is at the art center. At, at, at Tyler, Tyler Mason. Yeah. Liz and Tyler, you're doing the Lord's work, aren't you? Sounds a little culty, doesn't it? I can't wait for you to share your own cult stories on your podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe or follow Was I in a Cult on your favorite podcast platform. And as for you, I want to hear from you. Were you part of a cult? Do you suspect that some of the groups you're associated with might be culty? Let's continue the conversation on the socials. But most of all, please share this episode. The more you share it and continue these conversations offline, maybe something sparked your brain of just, huh, I never thought of it like that, or that's a new perspective. The more you share those ideas, the more the culture changes, hopefully for the better. And that's what we're all about, right? So sign up for my emails at allisonhair.com and let's keep this party going. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.